The audio that you're listening to is recorded for Newfound Faith Christian Ministries at newfoundfaith.org. If you have not done so already, be sure to go to newfoundfaith.org and subscribe for email notifications so that you don't miss a post. You can also watch videos and subscribe on YouTube as well. Just search for Newfound Faith. Thanks again for listening and be sure to share what you listen to today with all of those that are around you. This week's Sunday School Lesson, Lesson number 13 in the Winter Quarter, Blessing of Spiritual Fruit. This week's lesson is being taught from the 5th chapter of Galatians, starting at the 18th verse and going through the 6th chapter and the 10th verse. Our lesson this week, it is the last lesson of the Winter Quarter, and we will see here that in our last lesson for this quarter, we are talking about spiritual fruit. So we have come a very long way, if you think about it, over the past three months. For the past three months, here in this winter quarter, we have seen the birth of Christ, and we saw the reason why Christ was given to the world. And we know that because Christ was given to our world, that you and I, we we find forgiveness, we find mercy, we find salvation. So we learned that there were blessings that all of us received because Christ was given to the world. He was born in our world, right? And then he gave his life for us as well. And because he gave his life for us, we, we, we've seen for the past month, for the last unit of lessons, that you and I, all of us who genuinely believe today, we live under grace. And in his grace, we just saw last week that we have a calling, a calling that we must show ourselves approved of, a calling that we must accept, a calling that takes for our faith to live and to be active. We, we, we've we seen in our Sunday school lesson last week that our faith, it cannot be dead. It should not be dead. Our faith, it must continue to grow. It must continue to improve so that we can carry out the task that all of us have been commissioned with by Christ. So we we have seen, again, just as recently as last week, that our faith, it must grow. And in our faith growing, we, we saw last week that it not only is good for us, it not only helps us, but it helps all of those that are around us as well. So here in our Sunday School lesson this week, We'll see where Paul, he speaks of the fruit of the spirit. He speaks essentially about how we as believers are to bear good fruit in the world in which we live in. Though we will see here in the opening verses of our Sunday school lesson, uh, for example, there in the 19th through the 21st verse, where Paul, he speaks to the Galatians about the works of the flesh. Uh, you'll see there again, just take a look at the 19th through the 21st verse there that Paul, he lists off uh, quite a few works that are, again, not of the spirit, but they're works of the flesh there. Uh, he speaks of adultery and fornication, idolatry, uh, just again, going down the line there. We'll see contentions and jealousies, something that we have spoken about in recent weeks as well. Uh, wrath was something that we've spoken about uh, in the past couple of weeks as well. Again, as I said in those Sunday school lessons just as recently, uh, is that those works, they do not do any good to help produce uh, works of righteousness. 
You know, if you if you have a, a soul that is filled with wrath, you cannot do any good work. If there is contentions and jealousy in, in your heart, you again, you cannot do any good work. So we see that there is a very important reason as to why Paul opens here, at least in our Sunday school lesson. These these verses, of course, are midway through the fifth chapter here. But there's a reason as to why Paul is speaking about the works of the flesh here. And if we take a look there at the 18th verses, which is the starting verse of our Sunday school lesson this week, we will see that Paul tells us that you and I as genuine believers, we are to be led by the spirit. And again, something that I've spoken of in recent weeks as well is that uh, there's there is living under grace. Then there's living under sin. And you and I, all of us who genuinely believe we live under grace. And if you think back to the Sunday school lesson about liberty, blessing of liberty in Christ. You you'll remember that that Paul encouraged the Galatians to walk in the spirit. So the way you and I think, our emotions, the way that we act, all of those things should be guided by the Holy Spirit, should not be guided by anything else. It should be guided by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, in other words, should have rule over us. Nothing else, nobody else. The Holy Spirit should have rule over us. And again, what I mean by that is that the Holy Spirit should be our guide, not our God, but our guide is what I'm saying there. G-U-I-D-E. So the Holy Spirit should guide us in our thoughts. The Holy Spirit should guide us in our actions. Okay. The, the Holy Spirit should guide us even in our emotions as well. Okay. So again, we, we, we learned that we live in grace, under grace. We learned that we have liberty. And again, we saw where Paul in that Sunday school lesson spoke about. And that Sunday school lesson was from the fifth chapter of Galatians, by the way. Again, we saw where Paul had spoke about how we should walk in the spirit so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay. So again, looking there at the 19th through the 21st verse, if you, if you are guided by by wrath and, and by jealousies and contentions. Okay. You're letting those things have rule over you. And so you, you move in a manner to where you're trying to fulfill your own desires and your desires only. So in other words, you're trying to fulfill the lust of the flesh, uh, or I would say your old man. Okay. And again, that's not what the Lord desires for any of us who, again, are of genuine faith. So let us consider this. Okay. What happens to one that fulfills the lust of the flesh? Okay. Consider that for a moment, because you see the one that is busy living their lives, trying to fulfill the lust of their flesh. They are in no way living in obedience to the Lord. They're living in obedience to themselves. They're not living in obedience to the way of God. And so because they are busy living in obedience to their own way, they aren't living righteously. Again, they're being disobedient to the Lord. So if they're, if they're being disobedient to the Lord, then again, they are being a sinner. They are living wickedly. And again, as we know, the wicked will not, 
inherit the kingdom of God. The wicked will not inherit heaven. So as I mentioned uh, with Peter in, in my Sunday school lesson last week, Peter's eyes were, were focused on heaven. And so his desire, they, they were not self-centered. His desires, they were focused outwardly. And so he, he was encouraging all of those that he wrote to, to live in a manner that would result, that would end with one dwelling in the Lord's heavenly kingdom. So one that is led by the spirit, they're going to be those who inherit the kingdom of God, right? And so if you take a look at the 22nd through the 23rd verse there, Paul, he speaks to what the fruits of those who live by the spirit, he speaks to their fruit, the fruit that they will bear. And again, if you take a look at that, those two verses, you see that Paul said that these are the fruits of the spirit, he said love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So compare what's said there in the 22nd and the 23rd verse to what was said in the 19th through the 21st verse. Compare the, the works of the flesh with the fruit of the spirit. And again, you'll recall this. I said this in, in the Sunday school lesson earlier this quarter. The works of the flesh and the works of the Holy Spirit, they are total opposites. They are contrary to one another. And I spoke to how the believer, how we essentially live with a war, with a battle that takes place within us today. And that battle is a battle of two different natures. Natures that I would say again, one being the old man and the other being the new creature that the Holy Spirit is transforming us into. The 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 new creature will hear what the old man is is whispering in our ear, right? I explained it as it being like one of those caricatures from cartoons where you have the, the devil sitting on one shoulder and the angel sitting on the other shoulder. And the devil is whispering in one ear to, to do this one thing, which again, is of course, it's enticing evil and wants you to do what is wicked, wants you to do what is disobedient against the Lord. While the angel, the Holy Spirit that dwells in us is hearing that and saying, don't do that. And I've said to many over the years that, we believers, we certainly know when we are doing right and when we are doing wrong. Because our spirit, when, when we have those wicked thoughts in our mind, we can feel the, the, the spirit pulling us away from those wicked thoughts, pulling us away from those wicked actions. So that, again, the, the fruit that we are bearing is fruit that is of the spirit rather than works that are of the flesh. When, when we are becoming envious and jealous about something. The, again, the, the, the angel on our shoulder or the spirit that dwells within is telling us, stop envying, stop being jealous. God is going to bless you. Or stop envying, stop jealous, being jealous because God has blessed you. you know, we, we, we know it. And, and some people say, well, I, you know, I can feel when, when I shouldn't do something. Yeah, you can feel it because again, that's the Holy Spirit letting you know you shouldn't be doing that. And again, the fruits of the Spirit, again, we see there included self-control. Self-control really kicks in for us when we can be disciplined in our way, 
when we can be disciplined and listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Right. And something that we discussed in our lesson last week about the uh, liberty that we have in Christ. Or I shouldn't say last week. That wasn't last week. But something that we discussed in that lesson that was about uh, living in the liberty of Christ is, again, the difficulty that many of us face when it comes to the Holy Spirit guiding us. And again, that's part of that difficulty is, again, those two natures and and how they are essentially contrary and, and competing against one another. And again, the way that we defeat our old nature, our old man is when we can learn to to be disciplined in the way of God. When we choose to heed the voice of the Lord, when we choose to, in other words, heed the Holy Spirit's guidance. So as believers, Paul, he tells us that what we have to do is we have to cut off our old man so that, again, we can be guided by the Holy Spirit so that we can again bear the fruit of the spirit. Now, again, there are going to be some believers that believe that they can toe the line. They believe they can live in their old nature and be able to bear good fruit, fruit of the spirit as well. Does that even sound remotely possible to you? It shouldn't. Again, there's some people who look at sinners and they remember their old days and they'll try to get out there and they'll try to do what was wicked or what is wicked. They'll try to live in those old days and still believe that they can carry on doing the work of the Lord and being able to bear good fruit. But Jesus himself said that it, that it is not possible for anybody to do such a thing. If you If you look at the sixth chapter of Matthew's gospel and you look at the 24th verse, you will see where Jesus said that nobody can serve two masters. And like I mentioned, there are two masters that 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 is in our world that is that is present. You you have the master that is sin. Then you have the master that is the Lord, our God. Some of us, we live under grace, meaning that we live under the watchful eye and in the care of the Lord. And living under his care, we choose to be obedient to his rules. We we choose to be obedient to his instructions. Now, some don't want to, to live in that kind of obedience because they believe that it takes away, that it takes away their free will, their free choice, which it doesn't. But but some people feel like they don't have rule over themselves, that they don't have rule over their own life. And so they will choose, they say, to live by their own way. And in doing this, they may think that they are living freely, but in actuality, they are living under the rule of sin. They are being obedient to their lust. They become obedient to their temptations. Therefore, they are obedient to works of the flesh. They are obedient to sin. So again, Jesus said that nobody can serve two masters because eventually they will love the one and they will hate the other. So if you if you believe that you can live in your old nature and still be righteous, it is completely impossible because what's going to end up happening is that you're going to remain stuck in your old nature. And instead of being a believer, you're doing nothing but being a sinner. 
And that's not something that is pleasing in the Lord's eyes. So there's a choice that that we have to make. There's a choice that everybody living in this world today, there's a choice that has to be made. And that choice is this. Do you want the spirit to guide you or do you want your flesh, your lust, temptation? Do you want that to have rule over you? Do you want to answer to your lust rather than answer to the Lord? Now, Paul, he again, he encouraged the Galatians to allow the spirit to lead them. He 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 again encouraged the Galatians to let the spirit have rule over them. In other words, Paul, he encouraged the Galatians to live by the spirit, allow the spirit to guide them and to again to walk in the spirit. That's what we see said there in the 25th verse. So you and I as believers, we should never find ourselves entangled in the bondage of sin. That's something that scripture states as well, how we should not, when we have been set free from the bondage of sin, we ought not find ourselves entangled back into the bondage of sin. So we should live in a manner to where we are living committed to being obedient in the way of the Lord, rather than as I mentioned, I mentioned this, I brought this up in a recent Sunday school lesson uh, in, in, in the past couple of weeks where, where James said that the one who doubts the Lord is one who is double-minded. They're like a wave of the sea that is tossed back and forth. We cannot, when it comes to faith, our faith, it, it cannot waver back and forth. That's not real faith. If we desire to bear good fruit, fruit that is of the spirit. If we desire to bear spiritual fruit again, we cannot do so if we're, if our mind, if we are being tossed back and forth like a wave of the sea. Okay. It's not possible for us to, 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 to bear any fruit at all, any spiritual good fruit. If we are filled with doubt and if we are hesitant in our faith in the Lord, Okay, so adding on to that note, when we take a look here at the 26th verse, we'll see that Paul makes one more very important statement about walking in the spirit, walking in faith. And again, I I would say that this is one that I talk about a great deal. You hear me speak about this often. We'll see there in the 26th verse that Paul states, let us not become conceited. It says, let us not. Uh, provoke one another, envying one another. Why do you suppose Paul brought that up? And why do you suppose you hear me bring up being conceited and and provoking provoking one another? You know, being jealous of one another and and envying one another. Why do you suppose Paul mentions that? Why do you suppose you hear me speak of that often? So if we look at, he said, do not become conceited. What is conceitedness, right? All right. He said, uh, don't provoke one another. Don't envy one another. Okay. When we think about, when we think about those actions there, those actions there, they, again, they speak nothing of the fruit of the spirit, do they? Okay. We, we, we went through the works of the flesh there, starting at the 19th verse, right? And going down through the 21st verse. Again, if you look at those two verses there, 
All right. The works of the flesh. And then you look at what Paul says here in this 26th verse, conceitedness and then envy. Those are works of the flesh. Yet many believers, many so-called believers today who should be producing fruit that is of the spirit, right? Easily seem to fall into envying what others have. You know, how often do you look at what someone else have and you you say to yourself, man, I wish I had that. You, you begin to envy what, what someone else have. There are many believers who look at what somebody is driving there. They will say to themselves, oh, I should be driving something like that. You know, look at what they what they have. And again, they'll think that it is not good enough. They'll look and see uh, the clothes that someone else is wearing or the house that someone uh, may be living in. And they'll say, oh, I wish I was dressing like that or, or I wish I lived in a place like that. Why am I not? And they'll be, again, begin to envy what others have rather than be appreciative, grateful, thankful for what God has given to them. So when we envy what others have, I will point out, I will point out to you and I would say to you that it shows a lack of thanks for what the Lord has given to us. Again, we should be thankful. We should be grateful for all that the Lord has done for us and for all that God has given to us. But when we envy what someone else has, it really again shows a lack of gratitude for all that God has done for us, for all that God has given to us. And then again, at the same time, when you think about it, envy, it leads to jealousy and jealousy leads to anger and hatred and anger and hatred leads to contentions, works of the flesh. And again, as James said, wrath cannot produce the righteousness of the Lord. And that's what we are supposed to be doing as a child of God. We are to be producing the righteousness of God. We should be bearing good spiritual fruit. That is what we as believers should be doing. So again, I tell you, there, there is a really good reason why Paul tells us there in that 26th verse not to become conceited and not to provoke one another and not to envy one another. Again, when you think about conceitedness, what is conceitedness, right? Because again, that's a nature, okay, that, that many believers will fall into. So to be conceited, that means that one is thinking very highly of themselves. They think so highly of themselves that they'll put others down, right? They're only, again, focused inwardly. So those that think so highly of themselves, they end up struggling with humility. And we know how important humility should be to everyone who believes. We should be humble. And as we've seen before as well, we should be compassionate to all of those and for all of those that are around us. But again, the conceited person has no humility. And again, with, with no humility, you know, how could we ever help anybody? How could we ever understand what anybody is going through? You see, the conceited person would struggle with being compassionate for all of those that are around them. 
Okay. If you think about the rich young ruler, that was his problem. The rich young ruler went around saying, Hey, yeah, saying to Jesus, I done did everything that the law said to do. But the rich young ruler was again, so conceited, so stuck on himself that when Jesus said, Hey, if, if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, give away all that you have, couldn't even do that. The rich young ruler couldn't do it. Too in love with what he had, too in love with himself to give of himself to all of those that were around him. So conceitedness is something that we as believers, we must fight hard against. Because again, we have been commissioned by Christ to bear good fruit. We have been commissioned by Christ to bear much a lot of good fruit in our world and envying others and being conceited that would hinder us in doing any good work that would hinder us in our growth and improving in our faith. And most importantly, again, it would hinder us in bearing any good fruit for all of those that are around us. So I would say to you all today that that, that 26 verse very short, that, that 26 verse, it is a very important statement that Paul made there to the Galatian believers. And again, it's an important statement that it, that is made to us as well today. Okay. All right. Now, as we move on here over into the sixth chapter, we'll see Paul, he encourages the Galatians again to do good. Again, doing what is holy, doing what is righteous. That is what is considered to do what is good, right? And that's something that all of us believers, we should desire to again, do what is holy. We should desire to do what is right. We'll see there in the first verse that Paul, he starts off. And again, we're in the sixth chapter now. He starts off with where we see one who has been overtaken in trespasses. He speaks about those who are overtaken in their trespasses. And he writes that those who are spiritual, how we should restore one in a spirit of gentleness, not conceitedness, right? It's, it's, can't do it if you're conceited, okay? If, if someone who's overtaken in their trespasses, the last thing that they need for anyone to do is to come up to them and jab their fingers in their face and get on them about how terrible they are, how terrible their sin was, okay? That's the last thing. It, what this verse actually puts me in mind of is it puts me in mind of how you and I as believers, how we have a great high priest in Jesus Christ. And as our great high priest, as we saw in that Sunday school lesson about our intercessor, we, we saw that Jesus is again, compassionate, that Jesus is sympathetic to, to what it is that, that you and I, we go through on a daily basis, even when we are tempted, even when we fall, even when we err, when we trespass against the Lord, we learned that Jesus is compassionate. He understands what we go through. He doesn't look down on our sin. He does. I, I should say he doesn't look down on us uh, in our sin. He's there with us to uplift us, to pick us up from our sins. Jesus, he desires for us to, again, come unto him and to confess our sins to him. And James said that when we confess our sins to the Lord, God is both faithful and just to cleanse us 
to forgive us of our sins. So if the Lord is willing to forgive us of our sins, again, we as believers, we ought to be willing to forgive others of their sin rather than take that conceited route and look down on others. Okay. Again, remember what I just said moments ago about humility and conceitedness. All right. It is a poor time when we see our brother trespass and we decide to go the route of being conceited rather than uh, a route of humility. All right. We, we should not take that moment to talk down to others in their fall and in their error. We shouldn't take that moment in time to, to kick dirt all over them while they are down on the ground. We should lift them up. We should lift them up out of that pit. We should lift them up off the ground. Okay. Rather than tearing others down. And again, that's something that you hear me speak about often, because again, this is very important to our walk of faith. This is very important uh, in us being genuine believers. We'll see there in the second verse that Paul called for the Galatians to bear one another's burdens. Again, I tell you, it takes a humble person to do this. Not everybody desires to do this. Not everyone desires to to bear the burden of another. But again, something that, that we as brothers and sisters in Christ should understand is that all of us are in this thing together. We are of the same camp. We are of the same body of Christ. Do you remember that Sunday school lesson from just a few weeks ago? And so, again, we, we, we are at our strongest when our weakest link is as strong as we are. So, again, rather than tearing another person down, we should be uplifting others. OK, again, in fact, when we take a look here at the next couple of verses, we'll see where Paul uh, speaks again, uh, speaks of those that think so highly of themselves that, again, they wouldn't help to bear the burdens of others. All right. And again, that's oh, the route that, that we as believers, we, we, we should certainly not go that route. Again, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. All of us, we still live with that old man. And every now and then that old man will break through, get in our head and we'll listen to that old man and we'll fall and we will err. Okay. Now, Paul speaks of the great joy that one would have there in the fourth verse and in the fifth verse uh, when they choose to help, when they choose to go the route of being humble, having that humility and bearing another's burdens, bearing their load, rather than being someone who's just out there living for themselves, believing that uh, they are perfect, that they have no flaws. You see, you know, we can get out there and we can experience our happiness and, you know, we may have a, a bit of joy for a moment there when we have gone out and when we have done something ourselves. But something you've heard me say before time and time again is that the Lord didn't put us in this world by ourselves. We are in this world surrounded by several other people. God put us in this world to uplift one another, to help one another. Something James said in his letter, if you turn over to the fifth chapter and you look at the, the last few, few verses there in the fifth chapter, if you look at the 19th and the 20th verse, James, he writes there about how when we turn our brothers, when we turn our sisters back from wandering from the truth, 
when they have gotten lost along the way. He writes there about when we turn a a sinner from the era of, of their ways. He speaks there to how we would have saved a soul and how we would have covered a multitude of sin. And he speaks there about how there is joy in us doing that. And see, there is joy in us doing that because we are fulfilling our calling. That is what we have been called to do. We have been called to save others. We have been called to to share the good news, the gospel with, with those that are around us so that they will repent and turn away from sin and turn to the Lord. That's our calling. And I tell you, that yeah, you you may experience some happiness when you're out and when you're uh, doing some things and you do those things by yourself. But I tell you, there is even greater happiness when we as believers live and fulfill our calling. There is so much joy there. And again, on that same note, when we look at the sixth verse here in the sixth chapter, Paul, he says there, let him who is taught the word share in all things with him who teaches. This is again, we see it speaks here essentially about envy and, and jealousy as well. But this is talking about us coming together, coming together for the the for for an even greater joy. OK, it, it's not enough for us to be alone in the world and, and to think that we are happy. All right. It is better when we are able to share our joy with those that are around us so that all of us can be joyful together. That is a great joy. And that's why I teach. That's why I preach. Okay, I don't want to be like how the teachers were when I was going to school and they would say, I've got mine and you got to get yours. I don't want to be that kind of preacher. Yes, I have believe. Yes, I have faith. Yes, I I truly believe that I'm going to be in the Lord's heavenly kingdom one day and that I'm going to have great joy. But I don't don't want to hold on to that joy for myself. I want to share it with all of those that are around me as well. Okay, so I would say to you today that in the body of Christ, in the congregation, in the church, okay, don't ever envy another. Don't ever be jealous of another. And this is something you've heard me say before in recent weeks as well. Just share in, share in with the love, share in with the gift, rejoice with all of those that are around you. All right. So our lesson, it closes out here on a note here in the seventh and the eighth verse that is summed up with a very familiar saying that it is essentially you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. If you want to sow good fruit, then you better reap I'm sorry, if you want to reap good fruit, you better sow good seed. That's what I'm trying to say there. So the desire of the believer, it should be to be rewarded for our faith. Again, if you if you want to enter into the heavenly kingdom, then you better sow seeds that are of the heavenly kingdom. You can't sow seeds that are of the flesh and believe that you are going to reap the heavenly kingdom. You cannot do works that are of the flesh and believe that you're going to be rewarded with the kingdom of God. You can't do any of those things and think that you're going to receive that imperishable crown, the crown of life. You can't do it. But again, the problem that that many believers face today 
is that some believe that they can toe that line and will still get uh, their reward. Then there are others who, who essentially grow weary, grow tired. And that's something that we see Paul touch on there where, where there are some who grow weary, who grow tired in doing good. Uh, some of us, we grow weird and tired and trying to help those who, who don't even want our help. Some of us, we, we grow tired of, of helping those who hate us, who, who don't want anything to do with us. And I get, I understand that. I absolutely understand that. But again, we, we have to rise above the world. Again, we, we have been created in the image and the likeness of the Lord. Jesus overcame the world and in our faith in him, we overcome the world as well. So again, we have to overcome uh, contentions. We have to overcome bitterness. We have to overcome uh, anger and wrath. Okay. And again, the fruit of the spirit is all about self-control and love and kindness. Things again there. Just take a look at the 22nd verse there. So that's what we should live by. Okay. Our calling, we have to remember, is not to simply love ourselves. We are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We have a far higher calling than simply being selfish and just living for ourselves. Okay. So again, we should not sow to the flesh because that is what we will reap. That's what Paul gets at there in the closing verses of our Sunday school lesson. And again, we should not lose heart because if we stop sowing, okay, then we won't have anything uh, to show for our work. We won't have anything to reap. So, again, we, we don't need to grow tired. We must, again, learn to lean on the Lord, okay, in those days where we're tired. And again, as it said in the book of Isaiah, the Lord will give us strength. He will renew our strength and we will mount up with wings, Okay, we will run. We will not faint. Okay. All right. So that is our Sunday school lesson this week. That is, again, the final lesson of this quarter. And again, I hope that all of you enjoyed this quarter of Sunday school lessons. And I hope that all of you will come back for our Sunday school lesson next week, which will be the first lesson of the spring quarter as well. Until that time, again, let us continue about in prayer, Lord, and in love, I should say. Let us continue to lift all people up around us because, again, that is our our calling as a child of God to be prayerful. We should pray for all people, not just for ourselves or for our select group of people that we know. Pray for all people because you never know what anybody is going through. And again, let us continue about in grace and in love. That is our calling as a child of God. Until next time, I'll continue to keep all of you lifted up in my prayers. And I'll pray that the Lord continues to keep and to bless all of you.